Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, November 21st, 5.46 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures down four and three quarters at 6.63. January soybeans down five and a quarter at 14.23. December Chicago wheat down 11 and a half at 7.91 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down five and a quarter at 9.29. December spring wheat down three and a half at 9.48. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it as always. Leave me a rating, leave me a review if you have not already. If you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave me a comment. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Even if you just drop in the comments and say good morning or whatever, it'll really help YouTube and help this algorithm to kind of push this thing around. If you guys would like some additional information from me, Check out my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. On Friday, we did this discussion. Is there really a food shortage? I know that there's a lot of headlines uh, circulating in the media regarding a food shortage. Is there actually a food shortage when it comes to corn, soybeans, and wheat? I try to kind of answer that question using some charts and, and tangible items regarding supply and demand. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, guys, sign up today. 50 bucks a month. Cancel at any time. No other fee. No other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. I promise. Got some rains moving toward uh, key Brazilian soybean growing areas this morning. So you've got this band of rain across, you know, Paraguay, ac across parts of Uruguay, North Argentina, Bolivia. This stuff's going to move its way north and east into key soybean growing areas of Brazil. So this is seen as being kind of a negative item probably for the soybean market this morning. This is what's expected in total on my screen between now and the end of the month. So you've got some decent accumulation expected across a lot of key Brazilian soybean growing areas. Some of these southern areas, a little bit drier uh, relative to maybe northern or central areas, but these southern areas are going to catch some rain the first week of December, the way that the forecast looks right now. So all in all, I'd probably call this a, a you know neutral to bearish South American weather forecast. Argentina is a little bit different. Argentina is going to see <clears throat> really only scattered rains through months end, and I think that uh, analysts, when it comes to Argentina, continue to discuss the process prospect of reduced soybean output. We've already seen some reduced production estimates, and that's something that may continue unless you see a big shift in the weather pattern uh, in Argentina. COVID in China is a hot topic to begin the week here. The southern Chinese city of Guangzhou locked down its largest district today amid a significant COVID outbreak. That lockdown is going to last at least five days. Beijing reported two additional COVID-related deaths today after announcing its first death in more than six months yesterday. So again, like I've said here the last few days, I don't know if any of these numbers are real. I think the trend is real. Uh, students across several districts in Beijing will uh, learn from 
from home this week. China reported nearly 27,000 new COVID cases Monday, which is a near record. It almost gets back to where they were like in April. So this latest wave of COVID is a test of this new refined or reduced COVID policy that uh, seeks to move away from mass testing and lockdowns. Uh, There are a few news sources this morning indicating that mass testing could return in some cities this week. Uh, So this news, you know, you take the South American weather deal I mentioned at the top uh, paired with this, you would think that that's pretty negative stuff for the soybean market uh, in particular, just in regard to sentiment. You've got your biggest buyer with economic and COVID problems. You've got rains headed toward uh, Brazil. So a lot of that's kind of a a negative uh, attitude or or sentiment here to start off the week uh, with those two items. Rail strikes still in the news. Two U.S. rail unions will reveal, I believe today, whether or not their members voted to accept a new labor agreement. Members of the Smart Transportation Division and also the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainsmen are slated to release uh, some voting results today. There are three other unions back at the negotiating table uh, this week. So in total, again, you've got 12 unions that need to agree to this new wage setup in order to avert a strike. So far, you only have seven of the 12 that have agreed, and we might hear news about two more today. Workers appear generally uh, pleased with the 24% pay bump that's offered in the deal. They're not happy about working conditions. They're not happy about time off. Trade groups representing everything from chemical companies to grain and feed groups have asked Congress to intervene in order to prevent a strike. Congress does have the ability to intervene under the Railway Labor Act. Uh, The last U.S. railway strike occurred in 1991. It lasted for only 24 hours. It was stopped when then-President George H.W. Bush signed legislation ordering workers back while setting up some sort of arbitration process. So we may know a little bit more about this rail deal today, but again, just another risk out there for the grain markets, grain movement, uh, that sort of thing. Russia may export a record amount of wheat this year. This is probably not fresh news entirely, but uh, something worth mentioning. Russian agricultural group ICAR pegged uh, this year's Russian wheat exports at a whopping 44 million metric tons. Uh, USDA is at 42. If confirmed, uh, based on my early morning math here, this would be, I believe, the second largest amount of wheat that any country has ever exported in a single marketing year. Only the United States uh, in the 81-82 marketing year topped this. Uh, We exported 48 million in 81-82. They're going to do 44, which would be the second most ever for any country, uh, if my math is correct. I think it is. Uh, If it's not, let me know. Large money managers have been liquidating uh, length in the corn market and quite a bit of it, really. Uh, So funds were net sellers of 54,000 contracts of corn in the week ending November 15th. They've been net sellers for three consecutive weeks. During those three consecutive weeks, the net fund long in the corn market has been reduced by 96,000 contracts. So this net long of 166, still a big net long, but it's not um, what I would call historically like really large or extreme. It's it's becoming reduced, certainly. This net long of 96,000 in the beans is modest. This net short of about 58,000 in SRW wheat is modest. So you're seeing some length come out of the grain markets and uh, corn in particular here. Some Fed members favor a slowing of interest rate increases. Atlanta Fed Chief Bostic spoke over the weekend. He said he favors the slowing of the pace of interest rate hikes with no more than 1% of additional hikes uh, as we move forward here. Bostic said this, 
If the economy proceeds as I expect, I believe that 75 to 100 basis points of additional tightening will be warranted. It's clear that more is needed, and I believe that this level of policy rate will be sufficient to rein in inflation over a reasonable time horizon. So Bostic essentially believes that we don't need these three-quarter hikes anymore. We need like half-point hikes. He thinks if we get to a range of four and three-quarters up to five, that that may be enough to tame inflation, and that may be enough Uh, for the Fed to have done its job. So you need to get up another full percentage point because the current Fed fund rate is three and three quarters up to four. So this is just one opinion. There's a new Fed member talking like every day. So it's really difficult to get a uh, gauge on what they're thinking. But this was one of uh, the stories that was reported over the weekend. Remember guys, December grain options expire on Friday. If you've got any remaining open positions there, make sure you take a look. Also, uh, we've got a shortened holiday week. So uh, Thanksgiving's Thursday. We've got a normal close Wednesday. And then following that normal close Wednesday in the grains, we will reopen at 8.30 a.m. Central on Friday morning. And then we've got a short day Friday. We close at 12.15. We had a cattle on feed report out on Friday, and it was a little bit friendly, the market. Uh, Cattle on feed came in at 98%, uh, down 2% from last year, of course, just below expectations. The placements number was friendly at 94%. The trade was looking for 96.4. Marketing's about on par with expectations at 101 or pretty close to it at least. So that was a friendly, some even calling it a bullish cattle on feed report. Uh, Cash cattle was 150 to 151 in the south last week, 54 to 55 in the north. Um, In the outside markets, let's see, we've got the U.S. dollar sharply higher. Uh, Crude oil is down 20 cents this morning, 79.93. This weakness, that's in the January WTI. I think this weakness in the crude, I mean, I know we've got what some people think is a friendly fundamental story there. I think a lot of it, though, goes back to uh, this China COVID situation, certainly. Everybody have a, a wonderful week. I will talk to you guys same time on Tuesday.